You're listening to a sermon originally recorded by Schweitzer United Methodist Church in Springfield, Missouri. Check us out online at sumc.co. And if this sermon blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else. Thank you so much for listening. Now, on to the message. Good morning. All right. It's fantastic to be with you uh, this morning. I have to say before I really begin a, a, a message, a word from God about Sabbath as a sabbatical kid, as uh, Pastor Bob anointed me earlier, I just uh, I have to say I was just taken to a place I didn't know I was going this morning. This Memorial Day weekend, um, someone closer to my heart and to those of some of my buddies, when we served in the military, I was a guy named General Frank Lefford. And the general passed away this past week at 85 years of age. And he was a violinist, an orthopedic surgeon, and a man of tremendous talent and really simple faith, who loved God and loved his country. And so this morning, General Ledford, his wife and his daughter, who is also an orthopedic surgeon and a colonel in the military. God bless them and keep them. And for all the people who have made the sacrifice, selfless sacrifice, let's them. Uh, let's say a prayer for them this weekend, on this beautiful weekend that God has given us. And also, I would just tell you, Natalie and the rest of the musicians, they take us to places that we don't know we can go. And in the very presence of the God-given talent that he blesses us with, we know that we are fully alive. And so I thank God this morning that we are fully alive in this place, in this house. All right, so today we're going to talk about uh, Sabbath, but I want to begin with imagining, our imagination. It's It's a unique gift that God has given us. And so let's imagine that... God has given you and me the mission, the mission of saving the world. No small mission. All right. What would you do? What would you do and what would I do if we were given the mission from God to save the world? Well, we might begin by recruiting some people around us, maybe 12 or so. Sounds like a good number. Yeah, people that might believe that uh, God is, uh, is with us, and we might start to listen for God, say, God, wh- what are we doing here? Uh, give me a mission. Uh, speak to me, God. Speak to us. We might uh, start to train people, uh, give them a sign, fix things. I don't know. What, what would you do if you were given the mission of saving the world, and you had some people around you? Just, it's not a rhetorical question, just holler it out. What would you do if you were given that mission? Pray. Great start. <laughs> yeah. What else if you were given that mission? Pardon me? Okay, now we're, now we're going. I just can't hear everybody. Okay, we, we started slow, and now we're... Connect with people, David, did you say? Hide, okay, good, yeah. yeah, I think that's where I might start too. 
Hide. What else? What would you do if you were given that mission and people around you? All right. Yeah, it's kind of a stumper, isn't it? Well, you know what Jesus said in the midst of mission with his followers? Jesus said, come away. Come away with me. Come away by ourselves to a quiet place, a solitary place, a deserted place, and let's rest. Let's rest for a while. Jesus Christ, in all that he did and said and he was, rest was primary. He said it over and over again to rest. In fact, Sabbath is mentioned 58 times in the Scripture. For Jesus, rest was a non-negotiable. It was essential. And in the Scripture we're going to dive in deeper today, that was the end of the conversation when he said, let's go away and rest. And so today I'm speaking about rest, and uh, this is my last Sunday here, as Bob Mentioned, I'm going away on what we call a uh, spiritual renewal sabbatical. And so what is a sabbatical? Well, it's a time away. Sabbatical is a time away. It's a time away from a a break from work, ceasing to work. And then you do uh, other things, which we'll talk about. But you stop your normal routine. And these sabbaticals, they vary in times and length. Well, mine is such a gift that uh, I've been given the gift of three months. I'll start June 1st. I'll be away for uh, three months till August 31st. And I just say to Schweitzer, Pastor Bob, and, and God, thank you for that gift. Wow. I mean, it's unbelievable. I have never, I would have never imagined myself receiving the gift of a sabbatical. But boy, am I grateful. <laughs> yeah. And we'll talk about that. And so uh, today, um, I just want to tell you, it's kind of funny, at least it was for me. Now, Bob and I meet every Tuesday at 2.30, and we talk about stuff, spiritual things, right? Yeah, okay, he says, sure. And so, but we talk, we meet every Tuesday at 2.30. And I was telling him, you know, I couldn't even remember how this sabbatical thing came about. And then recently, uh, Bob handed a note back to me. Uh, that he was cleaning out his office, a note that I had given him uh, six months ago. And in that note, I said some things that I'd forgotten I said. Not a surprise to you all, but uh, yeah, I forgot what I said. And, and when I want to remember things, I turn the page right side up. And then, uh, and this is the note that I gave Bob. And in there, I said to him, amongst other things, If I remain at Schweitzer beyond 18 months, because God is always speaking and calling, and I have no desire to go anywhere, but I don't know. You know, I'm open to God. If I remain at Schweitzer beyond 18 months, I believe a sabbatical would serve me, and more importantly, Schweitzer, the church, well. Because I confessed to him in this note that I had reached a place, I was reaching a place where I was tired. And I was feeling it. And I was feeling like I just really wasn't uh, thriving or vibrant in ministry and maybe life was being challenged. And I think it's a good thing to confess that because one of the things that prompted me to go to this place with Bob and put it in writing was that I had seen Bob seven years ago go on sabbatical. 
and to go away. And Bob has preached about this, and he said that it saved his ministry. And it propelled him to this very time and place, which we are so grateful for. Thanks be to God for these last seven years. But I had seen God move and work, and I felt like God had spoke to me. I, uh, my schedule had been where I'm off on Thursdays, and I'm not the best at taking sabbatical, and so because I love to work, I confess it. And I'd been 10 plus years without two days off in a row, scheduled. And I, again, I was feeling it. And so we came to this place. Well, Bob, actually, what he did was, uh, I, I can tell you, Bob's a really good listener, asked a lot of great questions. And when I said this and other things, he leaned in, listened well, uh, took it to the board, and that's how the gift of sabbatical came about, was given a gift of the summer away. Now, I, uh, I will tell you that probably the most important part of of what happened in this time with God and coming to Bob with all this was really the confession that I'm not God. I am not God. Here you. And God has got this place. Whether Bob or I or there's some pastors here today, I think I'm bumping into things, which is not unusual, but um, the, uh, the God's got this place. God is sovereign and reigns, and I'm not God. And beyond that, I know that it's wise. I've seen it done. I've watched, paying attention sometimes. That, thank you. And that, uh, that we can trust God that we go away and grow in intimacy with God and others by ceasing working and ceasing our normal routine. But it's a huge question and a huge response to trusting God and to being obedient. Now, a little bit about Sabbath and sabbatical. Well, sabbatical, the word comes from Sabbath. And Sabbath means to stop working and to cease. And they both involve, again, deep obedience to God and trust. And also they involve rhythms, rhythms in life and in work. And it's so relevant this thing of Sabbath and rest and ceasing in our culture now because I believe we're in a time because we're blessed. Bob actually prayed about it. We're blessed in a time of, of prosperity in ways that the world hasn't known, and yet we're oppressed oftentimes by our relentless activity and things we do to ourselves and others and demands on our lives, and we go, 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 go. And we wonder why we don't feel well Arrested. I'm saying that about myself at times, okay? Maybe I don't know what it's like for you. But we have this world of noise and stimulation. Something is always coming at us, and oftentimes we do it again to ourselves. It can be many things. And it's relevant because I know this from the bottom of my heart and in my soul, is without Sabbath rest, we just aren't healthy. We're not. And God knows this, and so God has spoken. Now, this morning, more than preaching, I'm really teaching about the crucial aspect of Sabbath rhythms and developing what we call a Sabbath attitude. An attitude, I mean, what is an attitude? 
An attitude is a way that we look at the world. It's an orientation on the world, and a rhythm is the pattern of our lives. How do we do life? Well, these are the things that are so important to know. Now, these rhythms give, give us space to hear God and be present to God. We saw that in a bumper video. We've got to be present to God. We wonder oftentimes, I believe, or I have, where's the living God? And then I haven't given God, the living God, space to be the living God. And I'm like, oh, yeah, God, I, you know, you're there. I just need to give you some space in my life. And then the attitude is all about obedience. And again, that we're not God. It's about a rhythm, a resting heart. It's a way of life that Jesus teaches over and over again. Now, I love what uh, I love, love to read, and so I've read, I did read a few books on this uh, topic just to go into more depth. And I love what this author, Muller is his last name, uh, says to us about Sabbath. He says, Sabbath is rest. When work stops, a, regular, a regularly weekly break from work. Human beings were not created to live a nonstop life. All of life requires requires a rhythm of rest. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. Now I want to tell you a little story about this. Uh, well, it happened in this little place. It's this little restaurant not far from here uh, called Panera. You ever heard of it? Yeah. By the way, for you, if you don't know today, I'm the pastor of Panera as well. I do work here, but I'm certainly the pastor of Panera. High school sports, emphasis on Glendale, and then also uh, pickleball. Somebody's got to do it, right? So those are my sweet spots. All right. But I was at Panera, and we have one of the Panera guys here today. Warren's with us, uh, that we talk about things, right, Warren? I was there the other day, and I was talking to this saint named Al. Al's a 91-year-old retiree from Chicago, and what a life. And I asked him about Sabbath. I said, Al, what do you think about Sabbath? And here's what he had to say. He said, we have to rest each week. It's the only way we can survive to live well. After the war, I worked in the largest plant in the world making picture tubes. After three years with no time off, I took three weeks. I came back with a bounce in my step. I didn't even know I'd lost. There was a time when I was a world-class athlete, too, but we never trained on Sundays. We needed the rest. Our strength, our vitality, our vibrancy came from our rest. And then Al went on to describe what Sabbath is now and was then. It involves worship and rest and giving time and space for family and friends. It's a time to play. <laughs> God created us to play. It's a time to be available, like the margin on a page. Well, now we've heard from Al, and we've heard from me, and we heard from the author, Muller, who is a pastor as well as a theologian. But really, uh, what's most important here is what God has to say. And so God has a lot to say about Sabbath. And it starts in the beginning in the creation story, and then it continues right to this very time in place. But in the creation story, God speaks about Sabbath. And so he says on the seventh day, in Genesis, on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done and rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. 
So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. You see, God's story is creating, resting, blessing. God gave us Sabbath as a gift, as a gift to rest. God created man on the sixth day, and we rested with God before we ever worked in the garden. What a beautiful thing. And then 3,500 years ago, Moses, when he's leading the Israelites out of Egypt, who had been enslaved for hundreds of years, and they had worked seven days a week. They were slaves. And then Moses speaks to them a reminder, the fourth commandment, when God speaks and says this, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God from Exodus. Because God knows we have the capacity to overwork. We have the capacity to make others work. Have any of you have been uh, bosses or supervisors and d- demand too much of people? And not really because your ethic is to, uh, to work so hard that you demanded it of others? God knows we have this capacity that we can be addicted to busyness and stimulation and noise rather than being restored through rest and stopping and ceasing. And then there's the Lord Jesus Christ, who is both, so we have God in the Genesis story, we have Moses uh, 3,500 years ago, 2,000 years ago, Jesus, who is both the Lord of the harvest, which is work, and the Lord of the earth, which is rest, Jesus has this to say, and he teaches it over and over again. From Mark, the apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour. I love that, from their ministry tour. He had sent them out, and they were healing and preaching and just having amazing ministry. And he told them that, and they told him all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and an apostles didn't even have time to eat. Been there, done that, when you didn't have time to eat? So they left by a boat to a quiet place where they could be alone. Again, they were having amazing ministry that Jesus had set them out, sent them on. It was so good, Jesus knew what? They needed to rest. And what they didn't know is they were about to feed 5,000 people. Jesus knew that. And boy, did they need to rest because they had an amazing ministry tour coming up as well. You see, Jesus invites us, invites us over and over again to rest, to quiet, to solitude. I believe our preoccupation with noise and stimulation, frenetic activity, a life that goes on and on, and just always on, it's killing us in ways that we don't even see around us sometimes. And I'm just going to say these are both blessings and curses. I think you'll know what I mean. Televisions, cell phones, wow, controls my life often. Music, podcasts, I could go on and on. 
Even the vacations we plan, we plan vacations, can leave us more tired than rested. Been there, done that way too many times. And so today, I think what we have to really understand is what is Sabbath rest? What is Sabbath rest? Well, Jesus gives a clear teaching on this, also in the Gospel of Mark, on this question of Sabbath rest. You see, he's in, the, uh, he's in a synagogue, and the religious leaders are watching Jesus because he's having an amazing ministry tour, right? And so they're jealous of him and other things. And so he's in a synagogue, and there's a man with a withered hand. And they're wondering what Jesus is going to do because he has the man stand. And so Jesus knows what they're thinking because is he going to work on the Sabbath, this legalistic work? And so Jesus says this. It's a question to the religious leaders and really to everybody. Which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? You see, Sabbath... For Jesus is about doing good, not evil, saving life, not killing. In other words, this is, for me, the crux, is the activity that we're talking about in terms of Sabbath rest. Is it life-giving or life-taking? Does it bring life to us? Does it give us rest and hope and wholeness and restoration? Or does it drain us, pour us out, stress us, or load us down? For me, that's what Sabbath rest is or isn't. Okay, so that's, that's what it is. Now, how do we do it, right? As a practical matter, how do we practice what we know? We become both what we know and what we practice. What we know and what we practice. Well, it's in two ways. First, we have to plan our rest intentionally. Okay, And the second is a Sabbath attitude or this orientation. Because Sabbath is both a time on a calendar and a disposition of the heart. It's the way we live. Do we live in Sabbath rest or not? It's a way of seeing. It's a way of following Jesus Christ. So let's begin with planning our rest. We're a culture of planners. How many of you have a calendar at home or on your phone? Okay. Yeah, okay, it's politically correct to raise your hand. Heard that before, right? So you have a calendar, right? I know you. Come on, I know you. And you know me. Yeah, thank you. And so uh, we have calendars, right, all over the place. And how many of us plan to rest? A couple. Okay, awesome. Yeah. You don't have to raise your hand there. <laughs> so. But for me, what I see is in a culture of, and I don't, I don't judge it, I observe it, is a, we, we plan everything, but we don't plan our rest. And so it's really important that we develop this rhythm, daily, weekly, monthly. Now, I'm not here to patronize Bob, but I will say a couple good things about him, all right? That uh, I've watched Bob's rhythm of planning rest. It's daily, it's weekly, it's monthly. And, and really beyond that. I mean, daily, there's a time that I know he's present to God and plans that. There's a weekly Sabbath. I know no one else who shuts it down on a Friday like Bob Cassidy. And I respect that. And I believe it, it makes 
at least me and probably a whole bunch of people better, obedience and trust. And then he goes to the, he goes to the monastery regularly. He plans that. And so I, think, I just want you to notice, as spiritual leaders, we know this is crucial, and yet it's not easy. But it's something that we have to do. And really, it's a resistance to our culture. What are the ways, what's the, one of the main ways that we be distinctive as followers of Jesus Christ? How can we show that our life is different than everybody else's? Not in a way to say we're above anybody or, or anything like that. But we live, live a life that follows Jesus. How could people tell that we follow Jesus? How we treat others, thank you. Yeah. And also I would say planning our rest. They have to see us as rested people. Now there are seasons when we can't rest as much. But I would say if we're always on the go and don't plan our rest or be rested, what is that? God is sovereign and commands it. It's obedience and trust. Now, again, I would say that rest is, is life-giving. It's worship, it's play, it's silence, solitude, enjoyment. But it's contextual. You have to figure it out for yourself. In other words, some of us are more drained or tired physically, some more emotionally, spiritually, etc. I'll use my life because I've never been accused of working physically too hard. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. For me, I'm emotionally drained. I love people, and I love being around all of you and, and Bob and David, too. And, uh, yeah. The, uh, but I, I tell you, after a few days, I'm emotionally drained, and I need to rest. It's the same for Roxanne, because she's a, a, she works in pediatrics, and she's around kids and families all the time. And so what do we do contextually for our lives to rest? Well, um, well, we get away, and we do things physically invigorating to help our emotional life, our soul. And so we go away, and we kayak. I think maybe, and, uh, I think maybe we have a, a picture. Right. That right there is Sabbath rest, I'm telling you. That's the Buffalo River, Roxanne, about a week ago. And we go away. To, sometimes we talk to each other. <laughs> we do. And, uh, but sometimes we talk a little, sometimes not much, but we're away from the noise either hiking, kayaking, but we've got to get away from the noise of the world to restore us. So it's contextual. We have to figure it out for ourselves. And then we create this Sabbath attitude, this orientation on life. We enjoy silence and solitude, whether it's in the car, like drive around with nothing on. I don't know how many of you like to do that. How many of you like to Yeah, a number of you. Yeah, I get that. Or we, we put time in our day, 10, 20 minutes, we take a walk, we're quiet, we find solitude, we find rest within the rhythm of our everyday life. How many of you like to take naps? Yeah, thanks be to God, right? I'm the king of naps. I can drop anywhere and take a nap. And some of you are sleeping right now, and I think that's good. So, right? I mean, I actually, that's, that is funny, and it is true. But I'll tell you, I read, I read this from one of the pastors on the book I read. He just said, I think I just, oh, thank God for the people who are sleeping while you preach because they're resting. And that's a good thing. I thank God for that. You know, that's a gift. So how do we break our, our addiction to busyness? God can help us with this. 
Workaholism. And then how do we learn the Sabbath attitude is really about savoring the moments? You savor food, right? And it's like, oh, that's really good. I'm going really, to really enjoy this. Well, how about savoring the moments? Well, I've learned to do this as I've gotten older more and more. And so in my house, we raise monarch butterflies. That's a whole other story, okay? But I was, uh, the other day I was working on this very message, and I had monarch butterflies to get out of their cages. Well, I should say nets more. That sounds better. Uh, nets and release some monarch butterflies who are ready to fly away. And so for about an hour, Roxanne gave me the privilege, she was at work and I was at home, of just taking monarch butterflies one at a time and put them on your finger out of their nets and take them outside and just watch them fly into life. And so you just stop and savor the moment, one after the other. There was probably 10. We have released 31. Uh, Roxanne keeps numbers. So. <laughs> but I'm telling you, to savor the moments is part of a Sabbath attitude. And so right now, what I think could be important is to just rest. Practice what we are talking about. Let's just practice rest. Okay? Just for a few minutes, we're just going to be quiet and enjoy each other and God. Let's just rest. And now we're going to land the plane here and... Uh, just want to tell you what the sabbatical is going to look like, because I know some of you want to know. So the sabbatical looks like this. It's three buckets and two questions. Three buckets of rest, renewal, and growth. And so while I'm away, I'm going to be doing things like having no calendar at home and resting. But I'll be begin by going away to unions, time with people, enjoying people, uh, going to monasteries uh, and retreat centers. Uh, doing a little ancestry work on the road, visiting uh, uh, where my ancestors are buried and talking to cousins I've never met. But again, having no schedule. But doing things that provide rest, renewal, and growth. I'll be learning from four churches around the country too, but no agenda. To Los Angeles. And Roxanne and I spend together as well. Now, two questions are, God, what do you want to do with me for the next seven years? And I believe in the living God, and so I believe God will respond to that, like what happened with Bob when he went on sabbatical. God spoke to him and told him about his next seven years. So I believe God will do that with me. And then the, the, uh, the other question is, to my loved ones, Roxanne, Jeff, and Clay, what do you want to do? What do you want to do with me? You choose. If time, money, location are not an issue, think, and then we'll negotiate. Start this big. And so for them, we've planned it. Time with Roxanne, Jeff, and Clay. And it's going to be remarkable. It's going to be awesome. Thanks be to God. Time with them. And so today, I will tell you, I hear Jesus saying over and over again, come away with me and rest Come to a quiet place and let's rest. And I hear him specifically saying, hey, Jim, let's go away for three months. Yeah, for a good while and rest. And I say to Jesus Christ and to this church, thank you. Thank you for inviting me into a life 
of grace. I trust God. I trust you, God, with my life, with Schweitzer. Thank you inviting us, inviting us all into rest and mission. Amen. Let's stand.